I have come to lead you to the other shore, into eternal darkness, into fire, and into ice. Welcome to St. Paxton, a narrative real play podcast created by friends to explore humanity and endure horror. A world where you can try anything. Hey everybody, welcome back to another exciting episode of Welcome to St. Paxton. I am your Game Master, Veronica. Hi everyone, Mike Lane here, and I'll be playing Todd B. Hi, I'm Steph, and I play Clara Carter. Hey, it's me, Ben Stonick, and I'm playing Max Anderson. Okay, so when we last left you, Edward was just having a breakdown in the arms of Alaria. And as she's really into this embrace, she also looks over Edward's shoulder and makes eye contact with Clara. And she's giving you a look of like, okay, um, yeah, you could do something. I'm going to do this because I rarely get hugs. And like, maybe you could do something. And she gives you the shh, figure something out to do. I'm going to nod at her and kind of look to Max and Todd. And then I'm going to kind of just grab each of them sort of by the elbow and lead them out of the immediate room. I think she needs some time, Todd. Oh, oh, okay. Bellamy is just stuck in the stare, watching Edward cry into Alaria. And um, she doesn't move. She just continues to pat the head of Maslow the dog and just seems generally unresponsive to anything that you have to say to her. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's get up. We'll talk outside. Oh yeah, let's go outside. I need a I need a I need a cigarette break. So I will shut the door behind us and lead the way outside. Are you going out the secret entrance or the public entrance? Out the secret entrance. Okay. You make your way to the dumpster and you give the little boom, boom, boom tap. And then there's a series of taps and scratches. And then you give one, two, three more thuds against the back of the can. And then the dumpster is just sort of scraped away from the door where you entered. I'll crawl out and be like, oh, thanks, man. Yeah, hey, you're welcome. Max will pull a cigarette out from his rolled up sleeve um, and light it up. Ugh. Is, is it always like this here? Is it always like this? Just crazy? I, I kind of expected it to just be kind of a chill time. Yeah, the boat ride in was <laughs> ooh, crazy, but uh, God damn. Um, no, no, it's not always like this. Sometimes we have fun. 
Oh, I mean, I'm having a great yeah, time, but... we do have fun, but it's usually pretty much craziness. Jeez. Oh, well, uh... blowing up and... Yeah, yeah, so you... So, so, you fill me in a little bit here, so... All I really know is that the police are trying to kill you. You're... Are you... Are you the mayor? I don't... I'm, yeah, I'm the mayor. Well, well, Okay, so the police are staging a coup. Very cool. Uh, yeah, uh, the, the police have been pretty corrupt for a while. But the fact that they blew up our house just because they think we had something to do with those crazy floating lights, that's that's insane. Yeah, that seems like a bit of a stretch. I mean, even if you did, like, it's... It's still crazy. It's a, that kind of response Yeah, seems a little unnecessary. But my question is, why do they have that kind of equipment? What are the police doing here with that sort of stuff? I, I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. Nothing Have you been good. the mayor this whole time? Or has someone else been the uh, mayor? Or no, Mr. Melange was the mayor for... Oh, wow. uh, I see. I um, see. I bet he. Uh, I bet he approved some uh, uh, expanded budgets. Yeah. And they probably just bought all that stuff up. I'm sure. In my experience, that seems to be what they tend to do. The police. That is, is they have a big budget and then they just buy a bunch of tanks and rocket launchers for for jaywalkers. So it makes. In my. This is just my experience. I don't mm-hmm. know how it is on this island. You know, but I, it's never been uh, exactly uh, a good a good thing to give give folks that like shooting people a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, we might need to look into that budget now that I'm mayor. <laughs> yeah. A helicopter with its spotlight is flying over the parking lot, so you see Jimmy Delco, who's the guy that lets you in and out. He swiftly like turns around and he kind of gets in front of you and leans against the dumpster, kind of as just an, an additional shield. And he grabs a cigarette and starts, you know, puffing smoke, you know, as quickly as he can, trying to make a big cloud cover, but it's just a cigarette. So it's not going to be that much coverage for you. Maybe we should head back inside. At least for a minute. I mean, yeah, they're they're pretty. Uh, they got helicopters flying overhead. Yeah, we probably need to maybe come up with a plan, not out in the open, and then move. Yeah, we should get going somewhere once we know where we're going. Hey, uh, hey, big guy, mind moving the dumpster so we can go back in? So, uh, oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> and he pulls the dumpster away and lets you all in and scoots it back. Once we're inside, all right, so... So, it looks like that Alaria lady said she set up a lot of different places, so maybe we need to go to one of these other uh, uh, bunkers that maybe is, like, closer to uh, City Hall. Is that where your police is stationed? Uh, yeah, there, that's City Hall. Okay. All right, so... Hmm, trying to trying to deliberate here in my head this is what i'm thinking shoot this Mm -hmm. down Mm -hmm. or 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 elaborate change direction but i'm thinking we need to figure out where they where are they getting these weapons where are they keeping these weapons specifically in city hall and then maybe take them away in some capacity if they can't hunt us down as well 
then maybe we can move a bit freely. I'm just trying to think of ways for us to move around so we don't have to constantly be hiding in places all the time. Like, I'm sure I could get around a little bit easier, but the rest of you are probably uh, well-known figures. Yeah, you could say that. And we don't exactly have a home to go back to right now. Yeah, yeah. This is a good home base for now, but they are eventually going to want to really, really look look at this place up and down that you got here, Rosie. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, taking away the guns seems like a good idea. At least it deals with the immediate threat. So what's also the uh, uh, food situation on the island? Does it uh, does it get imported in? What do you got, like farms and stuff? What's going on? A bit of both. Bit so, of both, Some okay. of it's imported, some grown. You remember that Watley is a sheep rancher and so he has a really large estate with a lot of um, livestock and things of that nature there on the north side of the island there is actually a lot of livestock so any kind of animal protein that is um, from St. Paxton itself is usually from smaller animals, goats um, sheep, the like a lot of seafood here So also a thing we need to consider too, like, yes, we need to weaken them because I've uh, just, just to clue you two in. I don't think, uh, I don't think Bellissima and Knucklehead are uh, in a good place to hear this right now, but, uh, I, I may or may not have been involved with some, uh, uh, military operations while I was away. So I've got some ideas about what to do. (laughs) You joined the military? I wouldn't say that. Uh, what I what I would say is that maybe somewhere out there there were people that were getting hurt that perhaps a well organized military was not helping. So I went to go help them, and then they taught me some things. Well, it's complicated, and by the sounds of Ilaria, it might not. I don't even know what the hell's going on in the in the world anymore with the the pocket dimensions and the unicorns and the whatnot. No clue. But what's in my head is that what we need to do is we are a small force of about, what, five? So we need probably at least a couple more people. Do you, are there, do you, are there any groups of people on the island here that are already on your side that like voted for you? That would, that would be, that would be very, very excited to defend you in a very public way. Um, I mean, I did win the vote, so I know I have supporters. Um, That's good. Yes, good. So it's not like a weird, like, oh, well, you know, this part of the island, uh, you know, gets more points if they if you win this side, blah, blah. It was like a popular <laughs> vote kind of thing. Uh, yeah. I mean, there, okay, there was good. some sympathy involved because I did lose my eye in a ah. terrible accident. Okay. Um, okay. But they support me. They, they were... You know, a lot of people reached out when I was in the hospital, so. Well, that's good. Okay, so this this huge action they just took probably is not going to go well with the people. So if we could just get the people on our side, as he's, he's scratching his chin, he's thinking, he still has the cigarette even though they're inside. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, I got to, okay, let me. He takes his his mullet out of 
uh, the ponytail and just lets it flow down. <laughs> Pulling my brain too tight. I gotta think. I gotta put my thinking cap on. So we just need to find some allies that can, like your bar here, that can help put us up, maybe establish some places where the police aren't gonna... Some place where we could, like, go out and, like, not feel like we have to cover our heads the whole time. Because otherwise we're just gonna go crazy if we have to stay underground forever. Right. There was... Sam... Kempthorn? Mm. Yeah, he definitely helped. Sam, okay, okay, Sam. Todd Todd and him hang out a lot. He's nice. Okay, all right, all right. He's a a really good guy, despite what Edward says. Okay, okay, well, Ed's Ed's (laughs) got a good heart, but maybe not the quickest of brains, so. (sighs) Yeah, Um, there's also Jonathan Crandall. We haven't looked him up since the island reset, um, but he was a wizard, I guess. He, he had magic. He had a magic spell scroll. Um, F- y'all playing D and D with new people? Did you <laughs> know? <laughs> Unfortunately, real, real, real one. Max, uh, let me let me explain. Magic is uh, one of those things. It's best to be not as curious as you <laughs> are. As I learned the hard way. So what you hear from Todd is magic is hard. And for me, it was the hard way. But he's looking at you like very seriously, very intelligently having a conversation with you. You know what? There were crazy lights in the sky. Someone blew your house up. There was guns in the floor of my room. Uh, you have a you. You are missing an eye. I saw your arm turn to wood. You know what? Yeah, magic. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. There's that too. You hear the sound of sneakers walking towards you, and Nighthawk approaches and says, "Um." <laughs> know if maybe like this is a complication or not but um so um i was just watching television because you know that i love media and um so mr melange basically has said that you're responsible for um the 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 floaty slime lights (sighs) and um that He's been researching you, and there were a lot of pictures. There were so many pictures of of all of you, and um, that 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 Todd specifically has been a person that um, likes to explode things like himself, and that um, maybe uh, maybe he was responsible for. The, the explosion at Mulsado Lago and ah oh, crap uh yeah uh, and, and all of you and me <laughs> are presumably dead well if we're presumably so, dead why are they still oh. looking for us uh I don't know what they're looking for 
Maybe oh. he just wants the uh, people to think we're dead, but then the police are in his back pocket and they're hunt. They're going to still hunt us because they know we're not. I mean, he seemed really bereaved that you know, loss of you, democracy. Of course, you know, the the chief of police is saying obviously he's gonna he's gonna have to serve another term as mayor you know at least no. mayor pro tem no until there's another election no so that is not going to happen <laughs> no i mean but also oh, everybody wait. thinks you're dead right now so we need can, to show people we're not dead well clara can can you just call the the news Make a, I don't a statement. Oh, now I like where your head's at. I like thinking about the news. Uh, well, no, I don't. It makes me depressed. But <laughs> when I like where your head's at, though, Todd, I don't know if calling them is going to be a good idea. One phone tapping, wiretapping, it's all real. Probably if we call from this phone, it'd be fine. But maybe the one over there, and they're probably on. Here's another thing you got to realize is that is this like is this like your, your island's like special like public announcement radio TV show kind of thing? Yeah, they're definitely in this guy's back pocket too. So if we're going to let people know you're alive and we're all alive, which would be better if we all could be here, but that's fine. We really just need you, Rosie, to be in the camera. Uh, if we could just let them know you're alive, uh, we could... Now, okay, head spinning, taking guns and food, that's all great once we have a force. We can't get a force if people think you're dead. So what I'm thinking, he's getting very excited, very, very, (laughs) pacing around the hallway. He's already lit another cigarette, he's halfway through. All right, what I'm really thinking here is that we sneak into that news station, we hijack those cameras, and we let people know that you're alive be a, like some type of emergency broadcast message, forcing it on all the TVs on the island. And let them know we are alive. Mr. Melange and the chief of police tried to kill you. And you said, uh-uh. <laughs> or however you want to say it. You, you're the one that took right. the leadership class, not me. So, <laughs> Right, that's a solid plan, though. That's, that's great. Um, Todd, do you have tunnels that would lead us to the the news stations so we can get there safely high or low for favorable results okay well wait wait, wait. i thought uh-huh some i thought one of the police or somebody said we know about todd's tunnels they did say that to you okay. but and this is a big but high or low for favorable results Gotta go low. Okay. So when you're talking about tunnels, Todd starts like whirring his finger around in the air and is like, okay, wait, 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 wait. Uh, I, I start waving my hands around. Uh, uh, we, we, we did, um, when we were running, when we were trying to figure out what was going on with the police and Mr. Melange, we did have that tunnel that went from here to City Hall, but oh, we haven't used it for a while. So, I mean, that that could that could maybe get us a lot closer. Um, but are they they know about the tunnels, but I don't know if they know about all of them. 
what you hear Todd say is all of the tunnels. Yeah, all of the tunnels. We could get close. Yeah, all of those tunnels. Nobody knows. Uh, uh, Todd? You feeling a little loopy? Yeah, high five. And I put up my hand. He just does a low five. It's not a high five. (laughs) I'll I'll low five him back, so I don't want to leave him hanging. Clara, you can roll either a first aid, a survival, or a medicine. Or a natural world. I'll take any of those. Okay, I will roll first aid. Okay. 56 out of 30. You give Todd the low five, and then after the low five is complete, he pulls his hand away and says, too slow. Nothing else happens. I will say, now's a good time to bring up that we were supposed to refresh our luck. (laughs) (laughs) Ah! I forgot. Thank you. I was looking at this rule on my phone, so let me pull up my phone. (laughs) Yeah, because that would cost a lot of luck to bring that down to success. I'm going to tell you. I got nothing. (laughs) (laughs) You need me to talk to him, I'll talk to him. But uh... (laughs) I'm going to roll a D100. And if you roll above your present luck score, you'll add 1D10 to your luck points. If you roll under it, it'll be 2D10. Oh, okay. Nice. Back up to 69. Nice. All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I rolled I rolled under the amount I have. So a D10. And the reason that we're doing that is because we play Pulp Cthulhu. Typically, if you were playing the non-Pulp Cthulhu, if you rolled over, you just didn't refresh your luck at all. Oh, oh okay. Interesting. Well, this all is right, lucky. I got under by like two points. And I have the lucky trait, which gives me an additional D10. So I got 18. Ooh. Perfect. Wow. Wow. I got over, by the way, by one. Oh, so. you spent a luck point. No. <laughs> <laughs> it really works that way. Um, um, Todd, what are, what's Todd's HP looking like right now? Um, we never factored in any healing. So he's at 12 HP, which is half. Okay, um, so your healing is only going to give you one point of heal, and that's for this week. So the heal is real slow. So you didn't notice anything, all that other good stuff. You said luck. We've we've now refreshed luck. (laughs) Congratulations, everyone. And now we can continue. I would I would roll for one of these heal stats, but I have no points in any of them, so it would be I could try, I guess, but I wouldn't I wouldn't I don't think he'd think he I don't even think he'd think about it. <laughs> yeah, and unless you touch Todd, you wouldn't be prompted to do so. I see that uh uh Clara is trying to suss out what exactly is going on with Todd. He clearly it's more than it something about the way Clara is looking at him makes him like, well, I know he's all jacked up on morphine right now, but that, you know, you're usually kind of cognizant unless you get like 
unless you're in the bed hitting that button over and over again. So, hmm. Uh, I will walk over to Todd, kind of grab him on both shoulders, like, "Hey, bud, I I know I know you got hurt, but how how bad how hurt do you feel, man?" When you touch Todd's shoulders, you can roll either a medicine, first aid, natural world, or survival. We're gonna roll first aid. Eight under thirty. As soon as you touch Todd's shoulders, you can feel that he's really warm, and you can slide your hand to maybe his neck. And then quickly to, you know, just checking his lymph nodes. He is absolutely uh, dealing with a terrible fever right now. He seems to be a little clammy. Oh, boy, that hole in your your shoulder. I think it got infected, bud. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. Uh, uh, Rosie, he's got a fever. It's pretty bad. So hospital hospital that would be good but mm, that's the oh why is Ed over there he's a doctor but he's having a breakdown yeah, we can't exactly think, oh no i don't hey, think we can uh, count on edward right now do, do we know any other doctors we could trust because it sounds like that other do- sounds like that other doctor he knows might not be one we want to go to is there more than just like saint paxton general on the island perhaps like a, a an urgent care clinic that we can break into and get him some some Robitussin or something. Perhaps a corner store. We need something. We gotta, we gotta give him at least some kind of medicine to at least chill out this fever. High or low for favorable results? His fever's high? We're gonna go high. Clara, you know the immediate vicinity and there's not like a meds, meds, meds store or, you know, an, an urgently needing care center or anything nearby there is however a doula who lives nearby she also works part-time at your cabaret and so she's like the only other medical professional that you might know of that's trustworthy and her name is eleanor telfey Okay, so there's not like an urgent care, Max, but there's my friend Eleanor. She she works here, but she's also a medical professional. I trust her. We could go to her. All right. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Is she here right now? Is she working tonight? Yeah, let me just pop into the, the break room over there. I'll just check the schedule, see if she's working tonight. You check the schedule. She's not there. She's not. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's kind of how the night's going. Uh, yeah, hmm. but she lives close. She's she's fairly close. I think we could probably get there, maybe if we try to stick to the shadows. And Oh, boy. Okay, so you know how I said uh, I was involved in some uh, uh, military operations? Well, to get there, I uh, it wasn't exactly uh, kosher uh, for our government to let me in said country, so I had to disguise myself. Um, don't worry about it. Uh, it's okay. not. It's not why. I, it's like the most recent reason why I disappeared. All the other times is because I was I don't know couch surfing and being a dirtbag or whatever. But that I had to get over there to help people. So I figured out a way to gussy myself up. I know how to you know more than more than just your classic put on a baseball cap and hoodie. You know what I mean? Like we can we can really we got to really 
take away the defining features of ourselves. So I think... Gotcha. I think we could get over there because calling her over here, that's a little suspicious if people start showing up when they're not supposed to be here, right? That would be probably not a good idea. It draws attention, more attention to this place than need be. We want it to keep it. They're eventually going to raid this place. Let's be honest. So we got to keep right. it chill until they do. And if the phones are tapped, I don't want to put her at risk. Exactly. Ex- ex- Rosie, that's why you're the smart one. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so, so yeah, if she lives nearby, yeah, we can, mm-hmm. we can get all and it's easy for Todd we just pretend he's drunk it'll just be like back when we were in college or whatever so yeah we never pretended I was drunk there was no need my (laughs) friend no need (laughs) Uh, yeah so disguises are good Um, I'm not exactly inconspicuous with my teal hair so maybe that's one thing maybe we do Good, like we do like some cool like scarf scenario over your head gotcha. and instead of your eye patch you wear sunglasses so that way no one notices like a cool right. cloth strap across your forehead because I think that would be a pretty big giveaway that it's yeah here. I've got That's- a lot of defining features honestly yeah you know I didn't want to say anything but like I mean you're looking great you <laughs> thank look you. great thank yes, you yes absolutely uh yeah yeah. Okay. <laughs> I would like you to roll disguise before we get too far into our montage. Okay. Are we all rolling it or just Max? If everyone rolls it and you roll under, I'll let Max take away 10 points for each success. Oh. So you could give him potentially 20 extra points. Sweet. All right, so disguise right. is a five percent chance, and I rolled exactly five. <laughs> I got twenty-seven out of forty, so another success. Perfect. Hell yeah! What the hell? Okay. And so my master of disguise feat again—it just basically I use ten luck points and I get a boost. And you get a bonus die, yeah. So you'll get an extra die ten from that. So if you want, you can try and roll right now, okay? And you'll take away twenty points from that. And if you want to, then you can use your luck to supplement. If needed. I see. Okay. Yeah, that is a that is a 59. So with Todd and Clara participating, you are able to craft excellent disguises for each of you. Excellent. All right, Nighthawk, you're gonna need to stay here. Keep an eye on your mind mom or whatever. Um you know, here here's where we're going. That you know. The address, just in case Uh, you need to find us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Also, uh, I stole one of these for my mind, Mom. So, like, maybe if you need help, you could, you know, like, give me a little buzz. And Nighthawk puts this thing into your hand that looks like a walkie-talkie, but there's no buttons or anything on it. And she just says, like, "I, I, I think it would, like, work. So, like... Maybe if you really need help or something, just like tap it. Or I, I, I really don't know how it works, but like she gave me one. So huh. and like when I need her the most, she just kind of is there. So, you is know, it, so like a pager, I guess. I was about to say, what is huh. this a pager? Is your, is your mom is your mom holding? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I, I, I don't think it's anything like that, sir. Um, no, I, I mean, that'd that- be cool if she was. No, no I, hey, I ain't a. What, do I look like a cop? Do I look like a narc? Come on. I'm trying to have a good time. You do not. No, sir. You do not. Um, (laughs) This is disguise. He actually looks like a cop. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> it was clearly like I put. A, I look like a cop from Chips. So like my, sh- I have like high tan shorts. <laughs> actually, I actually no. I look like the guy from Reno Nine One One right now. Yeah, that's oh, what it is. Yes. But like, but like instead of like a a, a a ponytail mullet, it's like in a man bun. So I like it's oh off God. the back yes. of my neck, but it's like so tight to my head you can't really tell unless you're looking. <laughs> Well, good luck, everyone. You all look great as a stripper police officer and a... I don't know. Good Lord, how old are you? What do you know about strippers Um, for? My heart is a lot. And Nighthawk walks away. Very just distraught, like nothing to say. Oh, no. Somewhere deep in... Max's heart and soul and bones. He feels like perhaps in a previous life he also tormented a child named Nighthawk before and it felt good. So. Alright, you all are disguised. Very briefly, what does your disguise look like? Okay, I'll start with mine. Yeah, it is the Reno 911 guy. He's got, I got on boots. Um, it is like tan shorts. Um... Uh, it, it, but I would say actually and not like a hat but he has like a helmet on like he's a motorcycle okay. cop um, and yeah like a it, it's the St. Paxton police outfit but it's like the sleeves are rolled up and the shorts are looking good not regulation not regulation shorts. if the chief came by with the ruler I'd be I'd get a demerit yeah. I'd get a police demerit okay uh, Todd what's your outfit look like I think that basically they just put a hoodie over me and a baseball cap. <laughs> okay. It's weekend at Bartlett's. Because <laughs> I would yes. never wear a hoodie. <laughs> no, that's true. You wear suits now. I forgot. Oh. Clara, what do you look like? Uh, so I have a scarf that's sort of wrapped around my head to completely hide all of my hair. And huge, like, glamorous sunglasses to completely cover up the eye patch. And then the rest of my outfit is just sort of, like, bland colors, which is the opposite of what Clara would normally wear. Okay, gotcha. All right, so you're headed to the doula's place, is that right? Yes. All right, um, I'm going to see if anyone notices you. Now, if anyone asks, I think Nighthawk had a good idea there, all right? We're st- at least I'm a stripper, okay? I don't want to speak for you, Rosie. I don't want to speak out of turn. It's very uncouth of me to say that, but I, I am the stripper. Perhaps perhaps you okay. are my handler to make sure no one puts their hands on me. Right. So I'm the pimp? Okay. Well, okay, let's not go that far, all right? And this guy, yeah, well, you know what? Actually, yes, and, and Big B back here. He's the uh, he's the John, all right. <laughs> so sure. while you're talking and figuring, <laughs> talking, walking, and figuring all of these things out, um, many many police officers and just different detectives that you know have walked past you and have been like, "Is that no, no?" It doesn't take you guys very long, maybe like ten minutes to walk to Eleanor's house. I will go up and knock on the door. You see a woman walking towards the front door, and it's kind of a half glass window pane situation. And 
she looks out through the curtains, does not recognize you at all, and just closes the curtain back. I'll kind of tip my sunglasses down so she would be able to see my eye patch and kind of tap again and say, Eleanor, Eleanor, it's me, Clara. (gasps) And she immediately hears your voice and opens up the door right away. Oh, honey, I thought you were dead. It was pretty, pretty dicey. Um, can we, can we come in? Oh, honey, I don't know if that's such a good idea. Uh, Todd is, I I think he has an infection. He has a fever. He was shot. I didn't know where else to go. Honey, I, I don't think it's a great idea right now. But maybe if you wanted to go um, just down the street and meet me at the mailbox, um, and I could be there in a little bit. Um, Yes, honey, of course. Well, it was great to see you, too. All right. I'll nod at her and start backing away. (laughs) She closes the door. And you hear a a kind of a booming voice behind her talking and you don't really recognize, you know, maybe who that is right away. But then as you're passing her kitchen window, you see a very familiar silhouette of Mr. Melange as he stands up and walks toward the front door. Guys, we gotta go. Gotta go. Yeah, let's hoof it. Let's hoof it. Oh, God. Come on, Big B. Come on. I put his arm over my shoulders and kind of help him walk a little faster. You guys are moving a little bit slower because Todd is in a bad way. And you hear the door at Eleanor's front porch creak open. And a flashlight is shown upon you. The flashlight is pulled down and you hear the door close. It is quite dark. Roll, listen. 59 out of 80. Extreme success, 3 out of 14. 86 out of 20. You get about halfway down the block and... Max hears as he's listening to all of your footfalls and there's a very clear cadence that you've all fallen into. And then he hears that one of the footfalls is actually being kind of mimicked a little bit behind you. So someone is purposefully getting close following in your footsteps and is really kind of just trying to keep pace with each of you. We know, all right, I'm going to talk out my, my thought process here. We know that Eleanor was said she was going to meet us down the way. I would think that Melange would have shouted out or had went after us right away and not followed us. Maybe, maybe, um, would Melange would have rather attacked us if had he had immediately seen anything because our disguises are so great. But 
I know Eleanor was supposed to be up, but how quickly could she get out of there? And it, I hear these, I notice these footsteps pretty quick, right? Or is it, or is it a yeah, few? Yeah, you notice them pretty quick. It, it's like maybe if you're in a normal sidewalk or something, it's maybe eight squares of sidewalk before you really figure it out. And with your extreme success, you can tell that the material or like the shoe is kind of like a professional dress shoe or a loafer. It's not a tennis shoe. It's definitely not a rubber sole. So you can hear that as it kind of smashes against the concrete. I know it was a listen roll, but do I remember the shoes Eleanor was wearing? Because I would assume that dude would be wearing loafers, professional shoes, but I don't know if she was also wearing professional shoes or if she wasn't even wearing shoes. So I would assume she'd be wearing slippers. So I think that when she kind of gives you this audio clue that she is not alone and she's trying to pass you off as someone that, you know, maybe a boyfriend or something, you know, um, she wants you to kind of just hightail it out. You would have very quickly tried to look around her and look into the room and all of that good stuff. You may roll a spot hidden. Extreme success, 8 out of 15. (laughs) So you looked and right beside her door was this like shoe rack of, you know, just house slippers and maybe the, the shoes that she puts on to go out really quickly to grab the mail, things like that. And there were no loafers or anything that were there. <clears throat> Are they pretty far back? Does the sound sound like they're pretty far behind us? Like you said, about eight squares of sidewalk. Yeah, it seems like um, if you're going to give it a couple of seconds and not make any adjustments to your gait or your pacing, you see that they're maybe catching up a little bit. Mm. Hey, Rosie? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to need you to uh, hold on to, to Big B here. And uh, go on ahead. Okay. Should I be concerned? Oh, yeah. Uh, don't look behind, and uh, if you hear things, just ignore them and go. Go meet your friend at the mailbox, okay? I'll meet you there. Or back at the place. Also, uh, do you mind if I keep the walkie-talkie thing on me? I might need it. Uh, yeah, t- take it. Um, okay, yeah. Um, I'll move in to take Todd's arm and put it over my shoulder. Max, be safe. Oh, I'm always, Rosie, or, I'm always you know, safe. Like, yeah, I, I know how you're safe, though. <laughs> ah, I always come back. Come on. Clara, okay. with your listen success, you now hear what Max has heard. So as you take over the load of Todd's weight, you can hear that there's someone falling into the cadence of your steps. And it kind of becomes clear to you what's happening behind you. Once I hear that, I'm going to give Max just one more look and a nod, and then I'm going to walk away with Todd as quickly as we can. As I let them walk ahead of me a bit, I will go ahead and turn around and say, 
uh, excuse me, uh, officer here, uh, can I help you? As you turn around, you see a very tall man. Well, hello, Max. It's wonderful to get to see you and to know you. Oh, and he hey. continues to walk at the same pace and speed toward you. Oh, well, I'm glad I glad we don't need any introductions. I assume you're Mr. Uh, Melange. Um, Mr. Melange. Nice to meet you. Max is walking backwards. Now, Max, there's no reason for you to run. In fact, I would love to speak to you about um, a little problem I've encountered. Hey, you know, I'm all about keeping a safe distance from strangers these days. So uh, why don't you just, we could talk from across the sidewalk here and you can just stop walking. How about that? How about you just stop walking? I'll stop walking. Uh, we could just talk right here in the middle of the street. Ain't nobody around. Besides, I'm sure the I'm sure your police buddies would be more than happy to just give us a moment to talk, aren't they? Mr. Melange stops in his tracks and he puts up his hands as though, you know, in a in a form of surrender. <laughs> I just wanted to enlighten you on a development. You see, I've learned something about Todd, and um, I think I know that there are some people that would like nothing more than to see him dead. Now, I know that perhaps Miss Carter has um, said some very negative things about me. She's always been a very negative person, uh, someone uh, that's looking for power. Max scrunches up his face in a what sort of way. I, um, well, I want you to know that um, I don't enjoy power. I don't uh, relish it. And and yet conveniently you're going to get another term as mayor because we're all dead. Isn't that nuts? Isn't that crazy? Oh, I hate the power. Oh, oh, you know, I've dealt with fellas like you before. All right. I've seen him. I've seen him time and time again, and I've dealt with him personally. All right. But go on. Let's hear what you have to say. Todd has been alive many times before. Something in a means of magic, I suppose, um, has occurred over and over again. He takes one step forward. I'd like to show you uh, a little book, a collection of sorts, just uh, to show you the little bits of evidence that have been brought to my attention. You're talking about magic and books. <laughs> Melange, you sound like a nerd. How about you put the book down, I'll pick it up, and I'll read, I'll peruse it in my own time. He places the book on the ground, and it looks like one of those old-timey 35-millimeter photo album books where you just slide in your photos. Mm-hmm. And he takes that and he shoves it across the ground toward you. 
I will, with my hand on my holster in my police uniform outfit, I clearly would have a gun in it. I will keep my hand on my gun as I'm in a cop uniform, and I will reach down to pick up the photograph book and and open it. You see photos of Todd. They look like some kind of like amusement park, kind of like sepia tone photos. And then there's some black and whites and some that are colorful. But it just seems like Todd has gone through every possible stage of trend and development. And you focus on this one photo in particular, where he's just, you know, standing shirt off in a black and white photo smoking a cigarette which doesn't seem like Todd at all to you and then you see other ones where he looks to be panning for some kind of like precious metal and then at the very end there's this little note and it seems to be little scribblings from Mr. Melange and it talks about how Todd is a person with an explosive personality And that there's growing interest from from people on the island and people in the community to learn more about him, what makes him tick. One of the people that is extraordinarily interested in that is a woman called Dr. Mason. You see, Max, um, I'm not the bad guy. I'm just doing my job. I can't prevent corruption at all levels. You know, people are going to be people. They're going to do what they want to do. And Clara thinks that she can do a better job than me. Well, maybe so. But I feel like I've given you plenty of time to get out, make up a story for yourself. Everyone thinks that she's dead right now. Showing up here, that was stupid. That was a bad mistake. By get out, you mean you want us off the island? Max, I'm not entirely sure that any of you can leave the island. That's what I mean. What do you mean, get out? What, start a new life? Get plastic surgery? Are you fucking nuts? I mean, start over. Reset. Listen, I just got here. You're using terms I don't understand. But what I am getting from you here is that you're not the bad guy. That doesn't mean you're not a bad guy. That doesn't mean you're not trying to manipulate things. That doesn't mean you're not trying to do something for your own means and gains. Like, yes, you can't stop all corruption. People are going to be people. You look at... You, you, you big people in your fancy sh- in your fancy shoes and your and your nice suits. You're always talking about how all oh, these people they're just gonna be the way they are. People want to be good. People want to be good. They want to help each other out, but they can't do that if they're put in situations where they have to fight for their own very survival every fucking day. Which it seems like this island has been kind of pushed to. If people, if the police force wants to blow us up under maybe, may or may not your orders, sounds like maybe you didn't order it, but maybe, you know, you left the post note being like, wouldn't it be cool if they were all dead? That's the kind of guy you sound like. That wasn't the police. What? 
That was the order. They want to bathe in the supernova. Ah, f- fuck! My sentiments, exactly. Okay, explosive personality, magic involved. Uh, okay, then why do they why do they sound like the cops? What's going on with that? I'm just as interested as you are, and I'm interested to understand why Clara was incapable of understanding that you need to ask to speak to the chief of police to, um, well, to make certain that uh, the people interested in taking you out of your home are the people in charge. You see, we're not the evil ones here. There's a lot more chaos to come. I'll put my uh, hand on my hips, kind of make a face like, you're not the evil ones. Buddy, it's not just black and white out here. I think you seem like a smart guy. You know that. I know that. People want what they want, and they're going to fight for it. Okay, so what you want is basically law and order on the island. You don't like these order... By by that, I don't mean like these order freaks or whatever that are all about Todd's firepowers or whatever the hell he can do. So what what we're saying here is we got us, we got you, and then we got these weirdo freaky people that want to tickle Todd's feet and make him shoot fire out of his hands or something, and so that way they can all be lit up like a Christmas tree for funsies. Yeah. All right, I'm glad I know where everybody stands. So, why? It sounds like you're an all-knowing sort of guy. Why did you go on the TV and tell everybody that we're dead? I wanted to give you a chance to recoup. To go unseen for a little bit. Maybe you'll make an announcement. Maybe you'll come out of hiding. Maybe Clara will be the glorious saver. That walks from the flames. She's dramatic. Were you were you in our huddle earlier? No. Cool. What okay. Huddle? Then yeah, that we're down. Well, yeah, whatever. Yeah, we. Yeah, maybe we'll do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, maybe that's what we're gonna do. But maybe sometimes people we need a little help because we don't have everything we need, Mister. I want to help you. Like now, okay, okay. So first you want to give us an out, and now it seems you want to help us. Where do you really stand here? Do you want to help us take out these order people? Is that what you want? And then is it sort of like uh, are you are you is it like watching like Godzilla fight Mothra, and you're just kind of like watching it happen? Is that what you want to happen to help us out? As you say these things, Mr. Melage starts growing this really big smile across his face. Yes, Max. I just want to watch. And he takes a step back. And if you allow him to, he will just disappear into the shadows. While that's happening, Clara and Todd, you reach the mailbox and you watch as Max is kind of having this loud confrontation a little ways back on the sidewalk. You can't really see who he's talking to, though. 
but you hear someone running toward you from the opposite direction. So coming perpendicular to your street. And finally, you see this young man. Hi. Uh, 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 what's her name? Uh, Eleanor? Yeah, uh, she sent me. Uh, what did you guys need? Uh, medical assistance? Okay, like, are what you, do you need? Are you a doctor? Uh, not necessarily, but I can get you what you need. What do you, what do you need? He has a, a gunshot wound and infection. He's running Fuck. a fever. Okay, uh, fever. Fever. Uh, yeah, I can I can handle a fever. And he oh. opens up a little fanny pack and he gives you a bottle of Tylenol. Uh, yeah, I guess that's like good for fever or something. Uh, what do you need, like antibiotics or something? I, I, uh, I can get you that. I'm not... I'm not a doctor, but... Yeah, me either. Okay. This is fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, antibiotics? Great. Okay, yeah. great. Uh, yeah, Todd, do you want antibiotics? I think so. Okay. Yes, sir. Anything you need. And he gives you a little pouch of pills. Um, I guess you could go ahead and take one. Uh, see where you go, you know, um, see if it helps. So why do we do this? Do two of the red cap and then do one from the bag and take those now. Sir, sir, Uh, you need water. Yes. Okay. I I think he needs more than just pills. I think he needs a doctor. Okay, but I'm not a doctor. Yeah, I, I know. Mean, I can get you to a doctor, though. Do you need a doctor? I can get you a doctor. We need a doctor. All right, come with me. Uh, which doctor are you taking us to? He's a local Not guy. to be picky. Okay, got Sure, yes, please. That'd be great. Okay, great. Okay, all right. Take the pills, though. That's going to be important because you have a fever. And um, if you have a gut, when did you get shot? How, how long ago was this? Three to six hours. Okay. Okay. So that is why you have a fever. You have an infection. Um, Did the bullet come out? And he's saying all of this as he's walking in that opposite direction of where you guys left. Uh, um, It's just a hole. Clean right through the old armoru. Okay. All right. Great. Um, he takes you just two houses down and there is a cellar. All right. Um, just, uh, there's not actually a whole lot of room. Um, ma'am, I'm, I'm so sorry. Do you mind if maybe we could leave the door open? So, you know, there's nothing suspicious happening, but there's just not a whole lot of room because it's a basement, you know? Or sure, like a yeah, storm shelter. I, yeah. I can keep an eye out for Max from here. Okay, okay, great, 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 great. Uh, great. So I come with me, Mr. Sir. And we are going to fix you up. Seems totally fine. Mike Lane, the player, is <laughs> very not sure. Uh, you know? You uh, can yes. ask to roll anything. So. Yes, I, I, I love I love it when one character that is separated from the group learns that there is a, 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 a cult based around one of the other player characters' nuclear abilities. 
And then immediately we leave them alone with the stranger because then yeah, <laughs> because the other characters don't know yet. Eleanor. <laughs> so well, if I, Eleanor sent this guy, then surely he's safe. <laughs> I would like to, at the very least, see if I recognize the other pill that isn't Tylenol. Um, oh, okay, sure. Can I use chemistry for that? Absolutely. Yeah, right. buddy. So that's an extreme success. Um, 10 out of 18. As you roll the pill in your fingers and you pass underneath a street lamp, you can see very clearly it's printed on the pill, the type of medication that it is. And it's just an amoxicillin. So unless you're allergic to that, (laughs) you should be good to go. We'll find out as I down it. Okay. Okay, ma'am. Um, so uh, again, if you if you need anything, we will be down here, and there is a doctor, and I will come and give you a, a status update immediately. Uh, don't Good. worry, Eleanor knows all about this. So, uh, it's uh, someone that helps her in times of need as well. Oh, thank you. Okay, uh, thanks. I'm gonna stand at the entrance of the cellar keeping an eye out for Max and an ear out for Todd. Okay. Todd, as you walk down into the cellar, it's really well lit. And you see as this guy who is quite tall, kind of has this sandy blonde hair. And now that you're in the light, he turns around and says, Sir, I am so pleased to meet you. I don't know if you know, but like, I'm a huge fan of your work. Everything that you do is just, um, well, it's amazing, sir. And uh, I, I, I would, I would count it, sir, the honor of my life if you would allow me to serve you and and your purpose, you know, like uh, an apprentice maybe, or, um, and he sits you down into this like dentist chair. Uh, you want to be a student too? A student. Yes. A student of your teachings. Yes, sir. Yes. Mr. Todd, um, you are incredible. You And he gets really close to your face. You are the sun. Just nodding a little bit. Uh, I mean, uh, a recommendation from me goes a long way in getting into the university. So that's great. That's easy. A door opens behind you. It's a pretty loud metal door. And you see this older gentleman he's probably maybe in his 70s or so he has a hunchback and overall just like a a pretty clean appearance hello mr bartlett professor my name is michael trains hi mr D- 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 dr trains 
Yes, trains. So you have a gunshot wound, is that correct, sir? Yes. Great. Well, we can help you with that, sir. And he leans you back in this dentist chair. He puts the nitrous oxide mask over your mouth and your nose. Mr. Todd, please just breathe deeply. And he starts rolling up your shirt and kind of clearing the area where your gunshot wound is. And you see as he pulls over some equipment to kind of clean the area of the wound and all of that good stuff. Todd, do you breathe deeply? Yes. Okay. You breathe deeply for about 10 minutes and then you feel very, very loopy. And you notice that the people around you are, they kind of just seem to be multiplying one after another after another. And they're all extremely interested in you. And one of them gets this long needle and he just comes close to your mouth and doesn't say anything, but instructs you to open wide. Do you open wide, Todd? Uh, for what? Oh, Mr. Todd, um, you have a lot of infection that's going up into your neck, sir. See? And he pulls this big mirror so that you can see. And you do see, in fact, that there is this like brown material that is making its way up into your jaw. You see, sir, we're trying to prevent um, this from getting into your face. So this would normally be used for removal for teeth. But in your case, it will help deaden the, the, the nerves and you will not experience the same pain in your face that you're experiencing in your arm. That makes a lot of sense. And I open my mouth. He very quickly starts giving you little pinches. As you're letting this happen, you feel that like, perhaps this is more than you actually need because it's just over and over and over. And then he quickly replaces the mask. Clara. About eight minutes in, the same young man walks out. He's doing really well. Um, Things are going well. Uh, The doctor has him under a local anesthetic and um, they're going to, you know, treat the wound. But... Um, yeah, he seems to be doing really great. Good. Do you know how much longer it might take? Um, maybe 10, 20 minutes or so. He just has to, to sew up the wound there. There's apparently there's like some kind of, um, like organic material in that wound. And we're trying to flush that out. We don't know exactly what it is or how it got there, but it's really making it a lot more difficult than normal. So the I doctor see. is trying to, to do that. I'm, did you know okay. anything about that, ma'am? Mm, no. Um, I mean, he, it, 
I heard it happened outside. Maybe he uh, like like was on the ground. Maybe a, a twig or something uh, got oh, in the wound. I got you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Understood. Yeah. I'll um, let the doctor know that information. That's probably very important. Um, I'll I'll be back. Okay. Um, I'll continue to give you regular check-ins. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you. As soon as he's out of view, I want to talk to Twiggy. Okay. And can I talk to her in my head or do I have to speak out loud? That's a great question. Let's figure that out together. Sweet. I want to first try to talk to her just in my head. So I'll just kind of concentrate and in my head say, Twiggy, can you hear me? Roll power. Eleven out of ninety-five, which is an extreme success. Yes. Oh, good. Hey, um, y- you know how Todd was injured? Todd was a help. Yes, he was very helpful. He had, sounds like, little bits and pieces of you stuck in his wound. Is that concerning? Um, well, the more that we get to know each other and the more that we become one and in sync, the better we'll be at releasing our our helpers. Oh, like a, like a clean clean break instead of like a splintery break. Is that what you mean? Yes. Okay. So, but it won't like cause further infection or anything if they clean out the wound, right? I'm not an infectious disease, no. <sighs> okay. Okay. So he should be fine once the doctors help him. It sounds like. Well, it's unusual for anyone to survive, but we did leave him with at least a half life. Sorry, what? Remember, we took half his life? We needed it to save everyone. Surely you understand <sighs> that all of us would be dead, dead, dead <laughs> if we had not used half of Todd. Uh, okay. It's a sacrifice I'm sure that he would have been willing to make had he been given the choice. Yeah, we didn't give him a choice, though. Well, there was no time, Clara. Right. Yeah, um... We need to maybe... As as we, uh, you know, get, get better at our working together, um, maybe we can come up with a system so that we communicate before doing that next time. That sounds like a great plan for the future. Yes, and maybe there's some way to help Todd, too. So As I said, just take half his life. Well, perhaps something can give half lives back together. You know, I'm not a scientist. I don't know. I just have to right. live. I know what it takes to keep you alive. And you want me to continue to keep you alive, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Todd's a scientist. Maybe he can help once he's better. Yes, maybe once he's better. Okay. 
Okay, I'm just gonna wait here and try not to panic, so good talk. Oh, there's no reason to panic. Okay. If you say so. As Twiggy kind of fades from your consciousness, you have this like moment of temporary shared consciousness and you see this big blast in your mind, like a star exploding. Do I see that in any particular location or I just see the blast? Just kind of in your mind's eye, you just see that it's not necessarily a place or something that you've seen before, but I would say it would be more like seeing a star explode in the reaches of outer space, far, far from everything that you know. Max, Mr. Melange kind of disappears into the shadows and you are now alone on the street. Okay, so... There's a cult that worships Todd's magic powers. They sound... potentially bad. Mm, I pick up the... photograph book, and I will run towards where... Clara and Todd were going. Okay. You get to the mailbox and you do not see them... Clara, you are waiting on the sidewalk or are you waiting near the entrance of the door to the cellar? From the entrance to the door to the cellar, would I be able to see the mailbox? Uh, potentially, yeah. So I'd be standing there then by the door. Okay. So if I spot Max, I would start to wave my arms really big to try to get his attention. So there are some, of course, we all know St. Paxton is a beautiful place full of well-manicured lawns. Mm. Uh, it, it's just gorgeous here. Oh. Uh, but that does, in fact, provide some coverage for everyone. So each of you roll spot hidden to see if you can see the other. I rolled a 60 out of 25. 54 out of 75. Okay. Regular success. <laughs> So, Max, you see um, this scarf, and it just kind of seems to be in the light, and it's the same scarf that, you know, Clara wrapped around her head and all that good stuff. Um, So you assume that that's kind of where she is. And as you come up behind her, she seems to be in deep thought and very concerned. As you stand there for probably a minute and a half just being, like, hello, recognize me. And then she finally makes eye contact with you. As she makes eye contact with you, you see in the the dark parts of her eye, this explosion. Oh, no. Oh, Max. Um, where'd you come from? Oh, I just got done talking to uh, that Melange fella. Yeah, he's a real oh, creep. Yeah. Uh, but it but it sounds like he might not actually be after us. Um, oh, I'm sure he is. He's well, in a in a way, he is. He's probably basic. Okay, there's a th- okay. So we thought it was us versus him, right? We that's what we the kind of fight we were gearing up for, right? There's a third group. 
on the island that he has given me a, a very kind of base amount of evidence for, but, you know, I've met some... I've been out in the world. People, people believe all kinds of things. I'm just going to tell you to you straight, and it's going to sound crazy. And I'll catch, uh. and, and we'll just catch you up as you need to. Apparently, there are people on this island that worship Todd because they think he can burn them alive in some sort of cleansing fire. Uh, okay, Todd worshiping part really weird. Fire thing probably true. Uh, he's exploded like yelled at you no like like <laughs> no, I don't think Todd's ever yelled at me yeah, that's what, that, no. that, when, he, when he was telling me he's no. like oh he's got an explosive all like creepy with mm. his big smile and his nasty beard just like oh he's got an explosive personality I'm like this guy's a fucking uh, nerd whatever no. but like <laughs> <laughs> no, no like uh like like a real like a bomb Oh, like a, like a, a big big fiery bomb like that. He has exploded oh. at least twice that I know of. Ooh, um, okay, and so then that's bad. Everything resets on the island, and we come back. And that's super weird that other people know about that. Um, yeah, yeah. Also, there's a lot of concerning things. So, these people worship Todd. Yeah, apparently it's like some sort of secret order, you know. Like, listen. Okay. It's a I classic think- cult. They worship. Uh, they worship a freaky thing that they hope kills uh-huh. them or whatever, right? So, uh, and I the freaky should- thing is Todd. <laughs> well, well, you know Todd. Um, I think we yeah, should check on him because he's downstairs in the basement with the doctor. Is um, it with Eleanor, your friend, or no? Eleanor oh shit! Somebody who I trusted because Eleanor sent them, but I. I'm starting to second guess that. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> and I will you lead hear the way. A voice kind of call out to you. Um. Him. Him. Uh, it's by the mailbox. I look over um, by the mailbox. Clara. Okay, Max, you go check on Todd. Okay. I'll run and get Eleanor. Okay. Todd, you hear this like whirring, drilling noise and you don't feel anything and it you seem to be getting some kind of dental work that you didn't know that you needed. But eventually, and this is all happening so fast, eventually you start to feel kind of like you're floating above yourself. And if you wanted to... Maybe you could even try and move and see. Like you feel like if you just pushed hard enough on this chair that you would completely pop out of your body. It's a it's a wild sensation. I would like to give a half-hearted little push just to see what happens. You give a half-hearted little push and you see a ton of faces just hover over you. And then they look at one another. It's happening. He is ascending and we will ascend with him. Max, you 
race down the stairs into the cellar and you see that there's a group of young male presenting teens and they're all holding hands around Todd as this dentist is like putting all sorts of things into his mouth and you watch as they look at one another and say he is ascending I will pull up my gun oh hell no you back off of him back off of him now you absolutely break them up and they get very scared and you see that you know they're not in robes or anything but they're in you know all red little hoodies and stuff and they all like back up and um sir we mean no harm oh i think you mean a lot of harm i think you mean a lot of harm i heard all about you little weirdos he's just waving the gun in the air i heard all about you little weirdos you want to make this man explode so you can oh send to heaven like a bunch of little nerdy freaks all right i ain't having that uh-uh roll spot hidden 71 under 75 you know as you're saying all of this you kind of almost don't notice this until something just swoops behind you as though it's about to attack you from behind. You're able to pivot on one of your feet and get yourself behind this person that was in the corner and about to attack you, maybe hit you in the back or, you know, in the back of the head. It looks just like an older, bigger person in one of these red hoodies. Ah, 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 Grandpa, not today. <laughs> Thanks gonna take wake up a little bit early to put one over on me all right why don't you get over there with your little with your little with your little friends all right they link arms so each of them kind of holding the other one's shoulder and one of the small ones says he cannot kill us all and we will be in the blast and they begin moving as a wall toward you you look at todd And he has these like metal bars coming out of his mouth, like huge fillings. He has those just like sticking all out of his mouth. And he seems really, really out of it. Todd, you felt this like half leaving, half, you know, whatever. Did you want to try and push from the chair again? You now see Max as he's glanced over and is looking very concerned as he sees you. Is the mirror still situated to where I can see my face? You roll your eyes and you're looking around for the mirror. You don't see the mirror anywhere near you. Am I restrained? I mean, as I said, it feels like you could just hop out of this chair. And then your material body would be behind you, and the real you would be up and about. Hmm. All right. I don't believe anything about this explosion business. And well, and I haven't heard anything about everybody else has been talking. So I'm going to jump out. Roll power. So I'm unsure whether or not this is a good thing, but an extreme success, six out of 13. Okay. As you leave your material body behind you, you stand up and you feel something in your mouth like this kind of resonance, 
all around you as though when you got up, it was like someone hitting a tuning key for a piano and you just hear this vibration and you look down and you see, and Max, you see this as well, Todd's body as it just sort of crumples into ash in front of you, like a smoldering pile of nothing. And all of these red hoodies hit the floor. And they bow. He has ascended. And that's where we're going to call it. Ah! What? <laughs> what? Oh, no. <laughs> My man deflates. I feel so guilty. <laughs> Uh, this is this is what we get for splitting the the party at the table it's fine if we split the party because they're not there we will not be punished for real world circumstances preventing us but we will be punished and by punished i mean just just fucking just badass shit happening i mean i love it I'm pumped, but I swear to God, I just made this character. I've been selling this character for months. I, I will pull Leonard. I he will live way it. longer than he's supposed to. Let's just reset everything. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. All right, let's take a knee. This episode was edited by Rob Anderson, the musician who made The Promenade, our opening and closing theme for season two of Welcome to St. Paxton. Find him on Twitter at potentially Rob. This episode was produced by Hiroshi, and you can find him at maybe Hiroshi. You can find the rest of the crew on Twitter as well. V is at typical Veronica. Mike is at one gaming lane. Fred is at I think I'm Fred. Steph is at Starlit Firefly, and you can find me at definitely Stacy. And don't forget to follow Ben at Ben Stonic. As always, you can follow the show at CAF Podcast and find a permanent link to the Discord in our bio. The podcast art was created by Evan Mitchell. You can find out more about their ventures on the podcast For Whom the Dice Roll. Want to take a look at the clues, information, or photos the cast has stumbled upon during the recording? Head on over to our website at www.cafpodcast.com and click on the link labeled The Show at the top of the screen. If you want to help support the show, please share us with your friends on your preferred social media and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. You can also back us on Patreon by going to www.patreon.com slash podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, you should check out some of the other Geekling shows, such as Greetings Adventurers, Brute Force, or dear internet. You know what doesn't sound awesome to me? Getting experimented on by theoretically cultists until you basically fade away and, uh, you know, are crumpled up and, and nothing like that. It just doesn't sound like a good time. But you know what is awesome? That there are people who have chosen to support us on our show on Patreon. It means the world to us. So when we get people like Anne Ranky, oh yeah, Anne, mm, thank you so much. It, it genuinely means the world to us. It helps us keep this show going the way that we want it to. And hopefully you do too. 
So, and once again, thank you. Thank you to everyone who has supported us on Patreon. And you know what? If you can't support us on Patreon, we get that too. Thank you for liking us on Twitter, all normal podcast stuff. Honestly, thank you so much. Uh, uh, Todd? You feeling a little loopy? Yeah, high five. And I put up my hand. He just does a low five. It's not a high five. Uh, I'll low five him back so I don't want to leave him hanging. Wait one (laughs) second. Um, (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, Oh, oh no! Get up. Uh, right, she's got a toe oh, no. for high five. Low five. Right, right after you slap my hand, I jerk it back. It's too slow. <laughs> oh no! He's having a great time on morphine. He loves it. <laughs> We're not gonna get anywhere. <laughs> it's about to. It's about to be like Night Hawk. Just put him in the car. He knows where the tu- we need him for the tunnels. <laughs> Once we get into City Hall, just like. I don't know. He's probably got some shitty wants in there, right? Just go, go look for that. Perhaps like a, a an urgent care clinic that we can break into and get him some some Robitussin or something. Perhaps a corner store. We need something. We got we got to give him at least some kind of medicine to at least chill out this fever. Um, there is. Well, you know what? High or low for favorable <laughs> results. Yes. We're going to go. His fever's high. Uh, but you hear someone running toward you from the opposite direction. So coming perpendicular to your street. And finally, you see this young man. Hey, um, Eleanor sent me. Um, I need to change my voice because I've used this one already today. Um. <clears throat> <laughs> Hi, uh, 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 what's her name, uh, Eleanor? Yeah, uh, she sent me. Uh, what did you guys need? If anyone asks, I think Nighthawk had a good idea there, all right? We're st- At least I'm a stripper, okay? I don't want to speak for you, Rosie. I don't want to speak out of turn. It's very uncouth of me to say that, but I, I am the stripper. Perhaps, perhaps you okay. are my handler to make sure no one puts their hands on me. Right. So I'm the pimp? Okay. Well, okay, let's not go that far. All right. And this guy, yeah, well, you know what? Actually, yes. And, and Big B back here, he's the uh, he's the John. All right. So sure. while you're talking and figuring, <laughs> talking, walking, and figuring all of these things out, um, many, many police officers and just different detectives that you know have walked past you and have been like, is that? No, no. No. It's not them. I failed eight times in a row. Oh my gosh. <laughs> eight times. One of them was a critical failure. So, yeah. It was very good. That, that was excellent, y'all. That, that critical failure, that cop did the did the, 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 the meme of the guy turn around going, ooh, but like at Max's ass, like, oh. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> Roll power. You better fuck. I don't even know what I want you to roll. I don't know what will happen. 
<laughs> Fuck. Just thought of a way to fast talk our way out of this. You gonna blow us up. 